I guess it is my open. So yeah. hello. I, I was trying to be nice. I know. I didn't even think about it. It was my open. I gave you the signal, but I forgot. Never mind. Anyway, welcome to the show. It's Milk and Screams with Jacob and Kyle. Hey. Kyle and Jacob. I. It's right there. Hey. It's Kyle and Jacob. Hello, everybody. Hello, uh, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Jacob. We did it properly at least one time. So we yeah, can say we, we did that in the back. Again. We literally never have to do that ever. Did we do that on the first episode? No. We, no, we definitely did. The didn't. way we started the first episode was really dumb. I can <laughs> quote like the first five minutes of that episode because the amount of times I had to listen to it because I didn't know what I was doing yet with the audio. I can quote that first five minutes of that first episode with that, hey guys, and the little laugh that happens. Welcome to the first episode of Milk and Screams, yeah. a new podcast with, with us, your, your boys. boys. <laughs> but who Boy are your boys? boys? That's a great question, Jacob. <laughs> Well, uh, first episode. it's only been some amount of months and we're already embarrassed. Yep. Already. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Um, today, we have a topic of conversation about gullibility. Being gullible, little gully boy. Kind of our, uh, our personal takes and or experiences of our own gullibility. And a little bit into why a person might be gullible mm-hmm. to it in an extreme sense or in a pretty tame sense. Uh, we're just going to we're going to talk about it. Maybe you fall into the gullible category or maybe you fall into the um, not at all gullible category, whatever that word would be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why this was on my, my mind this week, but it definitely was. I felt like I had to just talk about it because I don't, I don't I don't have that. I don't know. I, we'll talk about it in a second. But first, first, a hypothetical question. Okay. If extra lives were a thing in the real world, how would we get them? By how would do, we get them? By doing what? If Mario jumps through a block and gets a mushroom. Okay, I see. How would we get them? I see. So, okay, so not not as in terms of what would we do with the extra life no. or how scientifically it would work, just like what would we have to do? Mm-hmm. I see. Yep. That's an interest. That's an interesting question, that I certainly have never thought of. And I'm glad I didn't like prompt you beforehand because I can get your genuine reaction. Um, I have an idea. Um, every time you eat a chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A, <laughs> which means I'd have ten billion lives. I would have. I would be immortal. immortal. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. It has to be something like achievable, but also. You know, kind of. I think you would need to make a significant jump in a car. I think I think a jump in a car would suffice. Like if you land it and then you're like, cool, extra life for you. Because it's not like it because it shouldn't be something that you can get super frequently. You have to seek out that chance to go get it in terms of like us real life. Obviously, Mario is a different story than us. But I think it had to be something that you'd have to seek out that opportunity to get the extra life. And it had to be something just not super easy to do. Okay. I like that concept, but that car jump doesn't make sense to me. How would you jump your car? Like, would there be just ramps everywhere? Get a ramp, get another ramp. Go break into a monster truck place and then jump your car from one of the hills to another one of the hills. Yeah, but I'm thinking about mankind having to get extra lives. So yeah, like, so am I. You're, you're, the act of you driving and jumping the hill is you getting an extra life as a human. Correct. I'm thinking about everybody, though. Like, monster trucks probably don't exist in, I don't know, Kamchatka. So, like, like I, I'm thinking, like, all right, is it, like, a berry we eat? Or is it, like, you know, how many miles we run? Or, like, 
you know, uh, like I'm trying to think of a really funny, creative way. I mean, it would, it would certainly incentivize you to exercise if for like every 20 miles you ran, you got an extra life. Yeah. Everybody or, would just or be so miles fit. You walked or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, what if it was like, Like, it's hard because I, I like the question because it makes you think about like – because obviously there's like, oh, just eat an apple. That, that's obviously like a simple Of one. course. But what would, what would be like a, an achievement, you know, that everyone could achieve if they wanted an extra life? I don't know. That's going to be nothing. Not There's not – I don't think there's right, a single thing that everybody would ever have the option for. Right. I'm just saying like, you know, I'm just trying to think if, if I was a video game character, like what would I need? What would I? What would I? What would be accessible to me? Um. What if it was just sleeping? What if you just like slept and died every day? But then when you when you fell asleep? every day is an extra life, Jacob. Yeah. Every day is something to be thankful for, and it's a new life. Hmm. What was I? What was I thinking? Wow, we always we always make it a lesson, don't we? We, <laughs> we always have a good moral to our conversations. Nah, uh, I don't want to make a moral out of this, but. I don't know. You're clearly hey. thinking of nothing specific. Here we go. Every gallon of water you drink. Oh, I have so many lives. I'm basically immortal now. I drink so much water. I'm going to have a gallon down by the end of this episode. Hmm. Uh, let, 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 let's, let's talk about this a little more. I, I, throw me some more ideas out. I like the car idea because it's not like easy, but... Hmm. Well, it has to be like I said. It has to be something that's not easy and also takes work to even start it in the first place. Right. Like jumping, like driving my car isn't hard, but finding a place to do a jump to do it and to do it successfully is a whole other task entirely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we could certainly go by region for like, like obviously in some other third world countries, maybe that's not an attainable way to get an extra life, but here it certainly is. You just have to work at it. But somewhere else, we can come up with something different. But I don't think you're ever going to find something that would just apply to everybody. Other, like, Because then, you, then you're just talking about just a, something, some physical ability to do. Like, do a backflip and you get an extra life. Yeah. Hmm. Uh... Which, I mean, I could do that. I'd be down for that. I, that it, would, <laughs> it would incentivize me to learn how to do a backflip finally. Right. I got really close one time, but I never learned how to do a standing backflip. Mm, I can't do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Let's but this would incentivize you. Mm. What's the best incentivizer? Life. That's also difficult to do. Mm, belly flops. <laughs> There's water everywhere. Yeah, okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. A belly. F- it has to be a full belly fro- flop. Belly flop. <laughs> a full belly flop. From at least 20 feet, where when you hit the water, it's not one of those curls that you do at the end. You know, like when people are about to hit the water and Uh they kind of do that curl thing. It has to be a straight out flat belly flop. (laughs) There's a judge who's like watching it. From at least 20 feet. Well, I was 20 feet is really high, Kyle. I know. It's difficult. (laughs) Well, no, I think, I think, I think, okay, let's be in the middle, 10 feet. 20 feet is really high, Kyle. It's I higher know. than you think. I know it is. 10 feet is, is a good is a good because that'll hurt like an MFR. But then they're then we're then we're gonna run into a population issue because too many people are gonna do 10 feet, and then if we had 20 feet, we'd be fine. But okay. then people are just gonna never lose their lives. Okay, fine. 20 feet. Okay. If you do a belly flop 20 feet in the <laughs> air. Or higher. Or higher. Higher's allowed. 
but 20 feet for all you. You know what? Every 20 feet is just an extra life. So if you want three extra lives, just do it from 60 feet. You'll get three <laughs> lives right there. And, uh, you know, maybe you die when you do that belly flop, but you now you have those two extra lives. But here's the thing, too, I, that I think is going to be good with that method, and here's why I like it, right? That, even though belly flops are not, like, excruciating, no one wants to do it, and it's right. kind of scary. So, like, if you got to the top there and you did the belly flop and got extra life, you wouldn't be like, I'm going to cheat it and do it 10 billion times. Like, I don't think anybody would because like no. it just it's it hurts and it sucks. So uh, I think that's good. I think that's a good thing. Or like, what if you what if it was like eating a hot pepper? Like, what if you ate like a like a Carolina Reaper or ate like you know a, a hot pepper and you got an extra life? You would have you would have to eat the the pepper and then I think go at least ten to fifteen minutes without consuming anything to help with the hotness. Yeah. Like no milk or bread. Like you can't eat anything but that Reaper. Like 15 minutes after, it can be no other consumption. And then you get an extra life. Yeah, so, an extra life. Okay, there we go. We answered the question. I knew we were going to be able to answer the question, but it tried to take us a little bit. Here's a there. second question. Okay. When the extra life hits, how does the life start? Like, do you just come back the age that you died at, or are you, like, starting a whole new life? Um, I would say you respawn, right? So you just come back in the same spot you were in. Okay. So, that, I mean, I guess people are going to die at decent points anyway, because, like, they're still just going to have their lifespan. Yeah. So like if I died at 80 and I got my extra life, I'd still probably die five to 10 years later. Oh, I see what you mean. That's interesting. So if you died naturally, instead of like, you know, like, like I'm thinking like if you get hit by a car, you would just like wake up and, you know, right be there. Um, if you died naturally, how would that work? Oh, that's interesting. Like, 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 like if I was in a coma for three months and I died in that coma and then boom, extra life hits. Do I just go straight back into the coma oh, for a little shoot. for some more the ramifications? <laughs> or do I do I, do you come back into the because I mean, like, I guess we're for thinking in terms of a video game, like when a new life hits, the new life is a perfectly started life, but they're video games. So they don't have like an age that yeah. they're restarting at. Mario just kind of reappears again. Right. That is interesting. So I guess you would come back healthy, but. I guess for the sake of humanity and not overpopulating, you'd have to come back at the age that you died at, right. but perfectly healthy. Well, you wouldn't be overpopulating because you'd be the same person. So well, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if people like, if the life was a restart of life, you'd be at a baby. Yeah, that'd be weird. I think the, the one that makes the most sense is starting at the same time you left, because if you started as a baby, like <laughs> poor wife, but or, coming back or, perfectly healthy, perfectly healthy. But the problem there is. That once that is the case, then people are just going to start killing themselves once they have an extra life. Because like 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 in my case, for instance, right? Right. I have a, I have a brain tumor. And say at some point, like I'd say tomorrow, right, I did a belly flop and I got my extra life, right? Yeah. And say in two weeks, the tumor kind of starts to grow and I I've I've and something goes wrong and I lose the ability to read. Right. Or to move. I can either live with that for a lot of years or just go die since I had that extra life in the bag. And here's, then, here's the thing. Because there's extra lives now, there's no sanctity to life. So you could totally do that. The only reason But now they're just bodies all over the place? 
People burn them or something. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have a spot. <laughs> that's a, that's a problem for another time. That, like that, that's not that big of a deal. There's like, so many like, issues to deal with here. Like if it's the extra life thing, I bet, you know, does Mario's body? I mean, some games, yes, but does Mario body? Mario's body doesn't just lay there whenever he gets a new life. So well, know? no, I mean, it fades to black, and then we don't have to worry about that. But this is real life we're talking about. We have to worry about these things. Okay, there are ramifications. But if there were extra lives, there would be no sanctity to life. So you you. People, that would be a hundred percent of people to do. People would get a terminal illness and they go, okay, bye, and then they would go and probably crash. Or doctors would be useless. Doctors wouldn't be useless. Some people wouldn't have gotten their extra life in the first place. Some people wouldn't do it, and some people, um, some people wouldn't like because uh, doctors. Here's the thing: if you get like a head cold, you obviously need doctors to treat you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. For terminal illnesses, they would be like, they need to be able to detect that. So doctors wouldn't be useless. You'd be like, hey, you got a guy. And then you, the guy being a tumor, right? Of course, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask who the guy was. And then he'll be like, "Oh, okay, so I have an extra life. Am I good?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll write prescription." <laughs> yeah, here, cyanide. stab, 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 stab. <laughs> like what? It, like yeah, that like that would be doctors' jobs now. Yeah. Like once people got terminal illness, they'd be like, "And do you have an extra life?" And they say, "Yes." And okay, stab, 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 Wait, stab, no, stab. No. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I already used it. <laughs> people would be more daring. I think. If they had extra lives. Oh, people would certainly do more things that they were scared to do before. Yeah. Like people would go skydiving more and be like, I went, I got my belly. I did. I belly flopped yesterday. Let's you, go. You know, I wonder if that would be the case for everybody, though. I feel like some people would still waste it. I I mean, some people wouldn't get their extra life at all. They'd be, like, some, they'd be like, just in case I get into a car accident or something, I have an extra life. Like they wouldn't go like, I'm going to go swim with sharks or I'm going to go like you know, in a volcano. You know what I mean? Right. Not, not, not that those things are not even that dangerous. Like, like people who are still scared of flying. I feel like some people would go get an extra life, like at a, at a facility where we do belly flops and mm-hmm. eat peppers. They would go get an extra life just to get on a plane because they're that scared. I feel like some people would still live their life like that. I mean, I don't doubt it. So here's another question. Dude, I'm loving this question so much. I'm so glad. Here's I, another question. Do we question. have, do we, do, would you need to pay for the opportunity to get the extra life? Kyle, where do we live? <laughs> <laughs> Where do we live? In America. In America, yeah. In we're going to pay. <laughs> There's going to be someone getting making money off and of it. And that's why I think people are going to do that, and I think correctly. Not correctly, but it'll be justified. Because depending like on how much that extra life costs, I would I can totally see that point. Like I would go and spend like the whatever it is, $3,000 or whatever, the, whatever you have to pay. There's a random number there, but it's something in the thousands probably. If I go and spend however many thousands of dollars and get my extra life, I would be a little more daring in some ca- in cases, but I would certainly have more of a mindset of here it is just in case. Like insurance. Almost. Yeah. I, I, I think in a perfect world, this wouldn't cost any money. This is not a perfect world, but I think for this scenario, we can go ahead and assume that money is not involved. This is just like if you go to a pool and you just happen to be the, like there's a, a ferry or something like okay. that. Okay. You, you know – in a perfect in in the Ameri- in the world we live in, this would definitely be a business that someone was you know making a lot of money off of. And, and is there a regular. limit? Um, is there a limit to how many lives I get? Well, I would say this: genie gives you three wishes. I think the genie who runs this, you know, whatever, it it, it is, you know, you did. Three so a genie flops. invoked this rule for humanity. I don't know who else would. <laughs> it's not going to be like. Jason Statham, it, it's gonna be a genie. Jesus comes down from the heavens and is like, actually, get to take a few more if you need them. Well, we we wouldn't if Jesus was there because we all have, we basically have two lives already. Um, but um, 
what was I saying? So like, you know, he'd be like, "All right, you did three belly flops. That's enough." You know, mm-hmm. like you, you, if you mess up this many times, which people have probably, um, you get three and that's it. So you have four lives. Okay. I like that. That's a really good question. That's a decent number. See, I would definitely use. I would definitely burn one of those, not intentionally, but I would definitely go do things that are incredibly dangerous, knowing that I have multiple lives in the bag. Everest. And the, yeah, and then once I, I mean, even Everest, like there have been people that have died on that shirt, but more people have completed it than not. But like, what, like so, something just so, something that I have no experience in. And just go for it for no reason. Like, throw me on a motorbike and put me at the top of a mountain and just ride down it. You know? Right. Just to feel the rush of that. Like, put me on a mountain bike on some really skinny trail on a mountain that professionals ride all the time and just throw me on it and see what happens. I would do that. Maybe I get really hurt at the end of it. Maybe I would just kind of survive all the way through and I'd still have that extra life in the back. But once I got down to two, I'd probably just go back to normal life. Kind of be more conservative. Um. I just looked it up because what you said kind of struck me, but I guess it doesn't really make that much sense. Dying on Everest, there's 1% chance you die, um, which is a lot less than I thought. I, I know a lot of people have died on Everest because a lot of people have climbed Everest and died, um, and it's a huge issue because um, there's no funerals up there. They just kind of die, and right. you know, their waste and stuff is preserved. People just have – there's just preserved bodies on Everest all over the place. Yeah. Um, there's this one specific bridge that you have to cross that I think is the most – it's the most fatal point of Mount Everest. It's a smallish bridge, mm-hmm. and people always fall off of it and straight into this ice crater. Right, um, but you know, never mind. I just, I, 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 I just heard you say that, and I was like, mm. yeah, it's not too high, but I mean, I would certainly. Do, I mean, I want to do Everest without extra lives. Yeah, um, oh, I just saw a notification. Never mind. Um, okay, I think we can start talking about gullibility now and what honestly i want to talk about first why i brought up this question okay um because there was a situation that happened between us that i want to talk about yeah let's talk we, about we it. haven't talked about it since no i don't think we have <laughs> no so i'm gonna set this up for you so uh we had a friend over we were just talking on the couch uh just having a good time and it was getting pretty late and she suddenly like said oh we're gonna go play tennis and for those of you who don't know me and kyle are are uh very novice uh tennis players we had quite the tennis stint yeah, we and did. so we just kind of we kind of went to the park back home and just played tennis a lot. That was like just one specific thing we did to hang out quite frequently. Yeah, it was just so much fun. We used to do like little trick shots, and you know we used to have this thing we used to do where we would insult ourselves as we hurled the tennis ball like back and forth with our rackets. We would just yell the things we believed about ourselves that were negative while hitting the ball to the other side of the court, like in lieu of doing a tennis grunt, like a Ugh! like like we would be like. Yeah. You have trust issues. Stupid. <laughs> so, Emotionally unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just became tennis became one of our things we used to do all the time. We used to bring a few people along, but most times it was just us, and that was one of our biggest like you know just friend things we used mm-hmm. to love to do. So when we heard that, our eyes kind of lit up, and we we're like, "Oh, cool!" But it's like ten o'clock. She's like, "Y'all have tennis rackets?" And we were like, "Do we have <laughs> tennis rackets?" Well, do you have tennis rackets? <laughs> it's the right thing because you have both of them. Right, but, but either way, either way. Uh, so. It's like 10 o'clock at this point, and we're like, you know what? Why not? Let's go. Um, so we went to this tennis court, and we they had a, a few of our friends that we met up with. And we were we played tennis for a couple hours. It was a lot of fun. Like 1 o'clock, we're getting ready to leave because the lights just went out. And we're kind of just standing around talking. And I forget what started the conversation first. It w- Was it the Willow? What did the guy call him? I don't even remember, to be honest. But there Rip was Willow. Yeah, sure. So 
he said he heard a whipper a whipper willow and he said that these cute little like um duck like creatures they're like little fat little birds that like stay on the ground and they're really cute and everyone was like talking about the whipper willow and he kept uh, he kept whistling obviously this this bird is not real right or it, it's was did we find out it was real like an actual bird or did we, yeah, he showed us a picture. It was like it's a real bird, just so you, just so you know. But we'll get to that as well. Right. So so he's like, you know, he's now it's dark out, so we can't really see anything. So he's making these noises uh, that sound like they're far away, and he goes out looking for the whippoorwillow. And Kyle starts talking about snipes. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know, snipes are often used. I think mostly used in southern homes to kind of like trick kids to like, you know. I don't know how to put this. Like, if my parents wanted me to leave them alone, they would say, hey, go on a snipe hunt. And they would say, and they would like, you know, send me and my little sister, our dumb little blonde selves outside looking for snipes. They're like, you go, you know, look for clues. And they would set me up. And then I would look for snipes for hours and come back and be like, I can't find them. It's an up to the, the movie up where he's like, snipes don't live around here, you know, whatever. So Kyle says, yeah, we used to hunt snipes back home. And I was like, ah, that's fake. Don't listen to him. He's lying. And and Kyle's like like trying to get me to – of course it's dark. I can't really see him. But he's like looking at me like, you're ruining the joke. Like obviously they're not real. Yeah, because one of the girls that was there was like, really, you did? And I was like – I was just kind of – I was just starting to egg her on because I – again, I have – I was at a bonfire when I was, I don't know, 12 or 13 – this guy that was a leader of our youth group, he, we were at his house till like 3 a.m. And he had us hunting snipes for three hours in the black of night for three hours. And I was just we were diving at the ground thinking that we were catching snipes and thought, you know, oh, we're so close. I felt it in my hands and then it got out of my hands. There's no there's no snipes. There's no such thing as a snipe. But this he was. Continue. But, yes, I was trying to get her to believe it so, and jacob was like nah fake ah. and, and, I, and i pulled out my phone and googled it and i was like look see he's like kyle's lying like don't let him fool you and kyle literally like got so mad at me he's like he like literally pulled me aside he's like dude she was believing me why did you ruin the joke and i was like well i i didn't want her to be fooled like i, I was just trying to be a good friend and like and then but all this time this other guy is like on the other side of the fence saying he found a whippoorwill which again doesn't exist <laughs> so we're, we're like trying to trick three people at once it was so dumb we ended up leaving after that and i feel like we didn't even talk the entire way home because you were just so mad at me for ruining the joke um well and because there's something out no, well, just the the other guy was like making this whistle sound that is like the song of the whippoorwill, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And uh, and half and half of the people here are like hearing it on the other side of the fence. And the whole time, I'm like, he's just making the sound with his mouth right now. And he was like, I'm gonna go catch the whippoorwill, and goes off by himself. Like what? And I like, and so he's the sound is now coming from way in the distance where he's just gone to. He's like, I'm getting so close to it. I'm almost at it. And we're, the sound was only getting the sound was only ever coming where he was, yeah. and so the whole time, like people are like, I wonder what this thing is. And the whole time, all I could think of was the fact that I hunted snipes for three hours <laughs> back in the day, and was like, I'm not doing this again. It's midnight again. <laughs> I'm having PTSD flashbacks. 
Yeah, but at the same time, you were trying to trick the same girl into believing you hunted snipes and that, you know, yada, yada, yada. I was like, no, he's lying. Yeah, but I <laughs> like, was. You were trying to save her from hun- believing the whippoorwillow, and I was trying to save her from believing you about snipes. Right, but see, in the whippoorwill case, it was happening in the moment, and he was <laughs> trying to get them to also join him in catching the whippoorwill. I was just telling a story that happened to me. <laughs> If and when at the end of the story it came out that it was all fake, that was remained to be seen. I was just telling a story. Either way, um, I have thought about this on multiple occasions for several weeks um, because I was often the kid. And I don't know if you wanted to move on from that story, if you wanted to like continue talking about it. I don't know if you had something else to bring up. No, no, that's pretty much everything. Yeah, I just just main main point for me is that I hunted snipes for three hours <laughs> when I was 12 to 13. And so this whole situation that happened that night, I was just not here for it. Um, I was often the kid who was made into believing anything. I was so gullible. It was unbelievable. You can make me, you can make me believe in anything, or you can make me do anything as long as you had convincing, a, a, a little, a glimmer of convincing evidence. And this, for a long time, caused me to have some trust issues. And people like started teasing me in high school or like in middle school. I used to have this immediate reaction, like, "No, you can't tease. I, I'm not going to be tricked. Like, you can't, you can't trick me. Like, I know what's gonna, I know what's going on. Right. Like, if someone said spell I come up, like, oh, I know that one. Don't you dare. <laughs> no, I will not see you pee. No." Like I, I no, no. Like do you, do you want to visit Penn Island? No, I know what that is. I don't. I've been want... there before. <laughs> um, like it's like, it's just that to me, and, and and I feel like that flared up when I when we had that interaction. And here's, I I want to go back to that story real quick because there is one thing I forgot to mention, which I I just learned about this. So. At the end of it, you know, he came back and he pulled up this picture of the Eastern Whippoorwill and was like, here's the bird. Like, you, you can look it up and it's real to you guys know that I'm not lying. Mm-hmm. And there are articles you can read about it. And it's like this rarely seen bird. And then there are things that are like it, it only shows up if you like, like nest it out of the forest floor or whatever. So there there's documentation about this bird if you looked it up online. And so you're like, oh, then, yeah, it is a real bird and it was a real thing at night. However. There's this thing in Australia called the drop bear. And when people, when tourists go to Australia, there's this thing that Australians do. The tourists and the museums tell them about this thing called the drop bear, which is this malicious kind of koala bear that drops from trees and attacks humans. And every single person believes it because it's the real people from real Australia telling them about this real bear. Even the museums have fake skeletons. Of this drop bear inside of the museums as like a real part of Australian wildlife that doesn't exist. It's just something to make fun of and to just trick the tourists that go. And there's, again, documentation on the Internet because of all that as well about this thing called the drop bear that doesn't exist. Huh. That's so interesting. I love that idea so much. I kind of want to make one for Florida. (laughs) 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 That that's actually really funny. So yeah, so gullibility. So even with the gullibility, if you chose to believe him, the internet would lead you even further to believe him, right. because there's documentation about it. And if the tourists in Australia, of course, aren't going to question the fact of the drop bear, but then they look it up later to tell their friends, and it, it's there on the internet. There's a whole article and plenty of articles about the drop bear. There's no reason to not believe that it exists. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Um, so I have a few more stories about me being gullible. And I think they're pretty funny. Let's hear them. Um, there was one time, and this was later on in life, like I was like in high school, where I like almost just tricked myself. 
I don't know how that's possible, but I tricked myself essentially in gullibility. I somehow don't know what's coming. So this was in August. I was probably like, oh my gosh, I must have been like 20 or like 19. But I was working outside um, in the yard and I was pulling weeds. Okay. In, in August in Florida, it's incredibly hot. Um, I must have went inside to take a break or something. But I, while that was happening, my parents were talking outside drinking tea on the porch and they threw their drink what was left of it the ice and everything into the grass where i was weeding and one of the ice cubes had kind of like melted around a root that was sitting in the ground so imagine like the root is like you know this and then the ice cubes kind of like around like this it looks like it's all the way around it okay so um i come back and i'm weeding i'm going across you know and i finally get to the spot where there's ice cube was sitting it was the only ice cube and it was chilling there among the weeds everything else had melted but this ice cube was a little block of ice and it like it, it rounded out it wasn't, it wasn't shaped like an ice cube at all it was just like it rounded out and it looked like it was underneath the root underneath the ground so i pull it out and i see something big and white on the edge of this root like jump back and i look at it and i like feel it and it's ice I freak out. Again, I'm probably in like some kind of delirium from being out in the sun for hours, weeding in <clears throat> Florida heat, but I lose my mind. My parents are sitting up on the porch and I'm like, guys, guys, look at I pound I found permafrost. <laughs> Remember when like in December, like when the when the, the, the ground froze like that one time, like it must have just stayed that way because the ground preserved it. I'm like, look. And I'm like, look, it's ice. And they thought they thought I was pulling their leg. They're like or trying to. And they were like you're not gonna fool us with that. I'm like, no. I, I'm there. Once they find out I'm genuine, they like get into it. They're like, yeah. Like, go see if you can find some more. And, I, and then I realize I'm like, wait a minute. Hold, hold on. <laughs> and I was like, did I just trick myself? And then and your parents are like, he believes this is real. Go find some more, buddy. <laughs> Throw out some more ice. <laughs> it's coming from the sky, Jake. <laughs> I was so mad at myself, and they still talk about that all to this day. <laughs> like, we remember that time you found permafrost? It's so, it's, yeah. Um, there's there was a couple times when I was little, uh, when I'd be up north. The the kings of tricking gullible children were my my aunts and uncles on my mom's side. They get such a kick out of tricking us as kids. Really, they really did. Um, there was times where uh they would get a video camera that kind of like the one we have there, but like much smaller, uh, has a little screen on it and they would have a piece of candy on the counter, like a Hershey's kiss, really small. They put it on the counter and they say, Emily, look, and Emily's like three years old, doesn't know anything about the world. She's just sees candy. She's like, I want that candy. <laughs> and you're like, okay, we'll give it to you. And then Aunt Mary comes in with her camera and she's like, oh, no, no, no. And then she pretends to trap the candy inside the camera. So like she puts the camera in front of it on video and you can see the camera in the frame. And she's like, Haha, trapped your candy. And Emily's like, No, yeah. I see the candy. Like, and she's like, she like reaches for it and like, you know, or no, this is what happened. She took a picture of the candy on the counter and okay. it made it look like it was behind the lens, but then took the candy secretly. So Emily's like, it's in the camera. She's like right. shaking the camera trying to get the candy out. And it's so dumb. <laughs> it was so blatantly obvious that she just took the candy, but mm -hmm. Emily knows no better. She starts crying and wailing <laughs> and my uncle he's like you have to say a spell to get the candy out and she's the spell is i am sofa king rita did oh my word <laughs> it's the you know, i am the sofa king we did is, is the spell but obviously you mm -hmm. know 
this the spell is not like friendly. So Emily starts coming parading around the house. I am Sofa King. We tied in. <laughs> I am Sofa King. We tied in. He's like, give me my candy. Give me my candy. And, he, and oh, my parents came home. They were so mad at us. <laughs> Yeah, one more one more story from from my family, my extended family. Um, this is when I watched my first horror movie. Um, Do you remember what it was? It was um, I I know it's when darkness falls. I think the movie is called. When darkness Let falls. me make sure that's right. Uh, not uh, when darkness. When darkness. <laughs> when darkness. When darkness falls. Falls. I've. I don't think I've heard of this movie. I don't really it's care about, for horror movies. It's about vampires. They bore me tremendously. Um, it's about this guy who, like, yeah, it is this one. Uh, film stars, uh, film follows Kyle who witnesses his mother's murders at the hand of a vengeful spirit lynched by an angry mob more than 150 years ago. Twelve years later, Kyle returns to his childhood home because Michael Green. The younger brother of the romantic interest, Caitlin, is being stalked by the same spirit. Kyle must protect them from the powerful enemy and put an end to its killing spree. This never happened to me. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Kyle. Um, so th- that, that's the type of movie. And it has like the really, really scary witch that only lives in the darkness. So basically, okay. the rest of this life, this guy lives under like fluorescent lights like the entire time. He can't turn the lights off because he's scared of the spirit. So I watched this movie with my little cousin, Eric, and I am – scared poopless like i obviously i i was such a squeamish little kid who was mm-hmm. so sheltered i had barely watched like indiana jones and joss like i had no frame of reference for scary movies and they put this movie on and i am terrified they're forcing us to watch it and my, oh my older cousin connor is there too which is probably the reason why i watched this movie in the first place because me and my other cousin eric are like the same age right and connor leaves to get something to drink and then he comes back up the stairs and says hey aunt mary wants you guys to take out uh, Lucy, the dog, you know, who's there. Uh, Lucy is also named after Lucifer. I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> and we're like, Connor, it's your dog. Like, why do we have to take it out? You know, we're 10. We're and children. We're scared. <laughs> we're scared. It's night outside. Sorry. And then uh, he's like, and Mary wants you guys to do it. And, of course, me being the goody two-shoes, I'm like, yeah, I'll go take out the dog. I'll do anything. I walk down the stairs and uh, with my cousin. And we take out Lucy outside. Oh, dude, we'll open the back door and sit on the porch and watch her poop, right? So we're back there, and Lucy walks out, and my Aunt Mary comes around the corner dressed up as something akin to the witch in the movie. Okay. And she goes, rah, and scares us. My cousin and the dog book it towards the woods, start sprinting away as fast as possible. I turn around, and I deck Mary in the face. <laughs> I, I, boom! I was like 12 years old, so I must not have heard it that hard, but I just start punching. So I think it's like Connor or my other cousin Mike or like someone, you know, stupid. Or a witch. Or a witch, exactly. <laughs> I, immediate reaction was just to punch immediately. And she's like, Jake, Jake, it's me. And I was like, I, I, gave, her, I, was, I gave her a little shiner like right there in her eye. It was, I, I don't know. But I say all that to say this. Like, I have been just tricked and played on all my entire life. Like, just mm. that has been my thing, it seems like. So, whenever I see someone who could possibly get duped, or whenever I feel like myself am being duped, I get so defensive and so I feel like I have a target on my forehead. Like, I'm, I'm the person you need to trick. So, I, I want to kind of like dive into like why maybe like this 
part of like why I have some kind of trust issues or if I have trust issues or if I still have some of that kind of today, if I can still be tricked. I think you know? personally, if I was if I was in your shoes and I had had you know, multiple instances where I was, you know, made the fool of something, some sort of gullibility. I think at this point, like in that tennis story, for instance, if I was in your shoes and I saw me trying to trick Sarah, my brain after going through, if, if I had been what you went through, would be saying, finally, I get to be the trickster. And I would have just joined in. Yeah. Because that's how my brain works. I would have been like, haha, no longer am I the target. I'm the targeter. That's how a lot of people's brains work. I feel like that's how my uncle's and my cousin's brain works. They were tricked when they were kids, and now it's their turn to be the trickster. Sit at the adult table and do the thing, right? Yeah. That, that makes sense to me. But I have never wanted to trick anybody. I've never wanted to just be like the one. And maybe I have in the past. Like I, I do it sometimes with Trevor. I, I do like playful little things. Like Rhett talks about like from – Right. And like, he's like, you know, I only tell lies to my children. Like, right. They were much younger. Like, he's like, you know, um, what do they know? What do they know? They're going to, you know, they only trust me <laughs> because I'm their p- parental figure. But I tell them lies like, you know, like, you know, shadows are all your, you know, your sins or whatever, you know, yeah. like like those kinds of things, because it's not really going to matter, you know, hopefully <laughs> like if it's, if it's nothing crazy, like, you know, your kid goes to school and tells, you know, his friends about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and like. I feel like the reason why this is important, like gullibility today is important, obviously, is because we have a lot of people that use gullibility to take advantage of people right? in, in more serious ways than, you know, being made a fool of. Yeah, a lot of politics. Well, not only politics, but I mean, politics, sure, but I was kind of thinking of multi-level marketing. The MLM multi-level marketing is the way of the future. Um, you know, I, 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 and I, I, as I did my research on gullibility, this was the main thing I read. I came up to in articles was just you know, people get scammed all the time, mm-hmm. and, and like they did a study. Let's see if I can find the the. the uh, okay, in 2018, ARP. AARP reported that 20 million Americans have participated in an MLM organization. 20 million. Yep. Even though half of them ended up losing their money, while almost a third didn't make any money from it at all. I read that one. That blew my mind. Isn't that kind of nuts? Like, and I have I have friends that are that are into this, like multi level marketing, and or people who claim it's not multi level marketing, and I just it 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 makes me sad. I have been to one of these conventions. So when I went, I five years ago maybe I went to New Orleans with so uh, a friend of mine. Her mom uh, was wanting to be a part of this, and so I tagged along with her and another friend of ours, and we went to New Orleans for two days, and um, like eight hours for each of those days was being inside this huge convention center watch people go up talking about all the money they've made and once you had made at least a million dollars you got this green jacket kind of like winning the masters for golf you got this Mm -hmm. green jacket and so all these quote-unquote millionaires were going out there talking about how they got at least one person on their on their sect a day and then some of them did really well and started branching out for them and so the the branch of the branch of the branch of their first one was also making them money and and just packets and speakers and all this nonsense and rewards and 
thousands of people in this convention center listening to this absolute garbage. And the whole time, like her mom was paying very much attention. And the whole time we were just so just not wanting to be there because we all knew that it was such bull crap. Yeah. Like there's no, has, has anyone has, has anyone ever given you one of those? Like, have you ever gone to a friend's house and then like their father is like, let me tell you about this travel company that I work for with these signs that say you should be here and uh, you can be a part of this too. We had like two of those pitches happen to us as a family in the span of like a week. Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Because you feel, especially on the second time, because some other person was like, let me give you the spiel. And they're going through their PowerPoint. And you don't want to be the person that says, I don't care. Stop talking. Because, you know, you don't want to be super rude. But you truly don't care. And they really want to make money from you. The thing is, you kind of have to be that person because that's what they're relying on. Yeah. They're relying on you being generous and just listening to them. Because if you can, because there's a few steps to this, and this is kind of detailed in the, in the psychology today article. They have a, a, strategy, a strategy basically. So they rely on people being generous, right? So someone, someone being like just a normal person who's just going to listen to you talk and not interrupt you. And then, they're going to throw money signs and they're going to throw, you know, um, relatable phrases. If you, this, this, um, strategy, uh, for marketing goes back to one guy. Can you, do you think you can guess who it is? It's, um, someone very famous. Uh, he has Billy Mays. No, incredibly famous, but old, um, had a whole entertainment business based off of his idea. Uh, they made a movie about him in a couple years ago. It's a musical. Uh, I truly I don't know. P.T. Barnum. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, this guy, basically, they, they call it the Barnum, the Barnum effect. Yeah, Barnum effect. Yeah. So many ex- experts of the Barnum effect uh, fi- find the Barnum, Barnum effect culpable. Naming af- named after the showman and notorious huckster P.T. Barnum, the effect describes how people are often willing to believe personality descriptions as, as specific to them, when in fact they are quite generic and compl- apply to anybody. Mm-hmm. So, um. The, these people who are doing both MLM schemes use those kinds of things like, you know, you're a good businessman. You're this or that and the other. And the people are like, oh, yeah, I can sell anything. I can, you know, and they, once they start getting you in there, that it took money sinker at that point. Yeah. You, you and, and the thing is, you losing money will definitely make them money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like, you know, they're going to lose money because you gave up at some point. Even if you give up at some point, you're still going to lose money and they're going to gain money. And what this also applies to, and apologies if you're a big subscriber to this stuff, but as astrology. Yes. With the whole, you know, generic phrases applying to anybody, because it'd be like, you are the person that uh, that gives too much and feel like you don't get anything back from your friends. And people be like, oh my God, that's so me. I'm such a Gemini. While these personality traits may apply to you, they most likely apply to most people. I, I, I don't have much of an issue with uh, astrology, and here's why. Um, astrology for most people, uh, and I say for most people, for some people it is a, a vice that people just absolutely love to have, and they base their life off of it. And for those people, I think that there could be something said about maybe, maybe needing help or something like that, but for most people it is typically just harmless fun, like, oh, I, you know, a jab at your friend because they're a Scorpio or right. so I, I really do not have like people have staunch opinions about it and I really do not give a crap. 
like I know I'm a Leo. The, the whole funny thing is, you know, the boy going up to his mom and asking his mom, you know, when he was born. And then his mom going, get away from her now. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I think that. What act- day and time was I born? Stop talking to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like I said, I do not think it's that serious at all. Like, like unless someone is actively trying to take advantage of you, like if it's, you know, a fortune teller who's like flipping tarot cards and like saying, you need to do this, then that's where I get kind of dicey. But most of the time, it is not, no harm, no foul. Fun fact that I also read as with you saying this stuff 41% of Americans believe in psychics. Hmm. 41% of them. Again, a poll, so maybe more, maybe less, hopefully less. If I'm going to throw my opinion in there, hopefully it's less than that. But about 41% of Americans believe in psychics. There are some people who I I think can have um, intuition abilities, and I I think that's easily possible, but I don't believe every psychic is part, you know, it, it can easily predict the future. But, like I said, a lot of, a lot of these people use these phrases that are generic, that are you know, <laughs> the Brian Regan bit we always love to quote, you know, about psychics. Mm-hmm. The, the, what was it called? The the um the new the England. epitome of hyperbole. Yeah, I know the special, but I'm just thinking about the the psychic he was directly quoting, basically. Like it was like the um, I don't remember. It's not important, but that whole bit is really funny. Love Brian Regan. Um, there's another study that I found pretty interesting, um, saying hardship makes you more gullible. Mm-hmm. Uh, why some while some people, why can I read? Why some people are more more vulnerable to scams may be connected to their personal histories, according to a 2006 study of Leicester University of Leicester study. Those who suffer tragedy and hardship while they're growing up are more likely to be gullible later in life. For example, they may succumb to peer pressure more and be easily misled by others, or more influenced by the media. Adverse experience. Adverse experiences include major illnesses or injuries, friends with divorce, death of loved ones, etc. Because um, I think they're the common denominator, exactly. right? Exactly. These findings are in stark contrast to the stereotype that adversity toughens you up. In fact, researchers say the majority becomes less tr- trusting of their own judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people start to believe they're the common denominator and all the things that happened to them. So then later on, they don't really trust their own judgment or opinions. They trust other people's. Right. Um, and I feel like this is the... It, this is where you get these extreme cases of people who literally read something once and they're like, yep, that is 100% true. Mm. Why have I never thought about this? And they just tie their entire life to it because they cannot trust themselves. I guarantee you, like if you asked uh, someone last year who was on a podium in front of City Hall screaming about masks and the mandate and this got to stop because science and this is that and the other, I guarantee if you ask them how their childhood was, I guarantee you they had trauma. I guarantee you because those people do not – they don't read things and trust themselves. They read things because they feel like you know they're being attacked. Right. Um, and it's sad. I don't think that's a good thing. I'm just saying this is part of it. And those people, because they have had all these adverse experiences and they made it through it, they think they're the bee's knees. They think they've you – know, because they, they've, they've done all this stuff that they are – superfluous to any anything that could come their way and that's it's actually really sad yeah and i again i mean i did i i didn't go through an insane amount of hardships when i was a kid but obviously my dad died you know crap happens crap happens but in my case especially just because of who my dad was but going through stuff as a kid gave me the flip side of this where it, it was the toughen up thing like i don't trust anyone opinion anyone's opinion but my own like 
if I re if I read a, like obviously if I read some scientific research, obviously I'm gonna take to the scientific research and not make my own opinion about it. But like again, back to the tennis story. Uh, immediately as he started saying that, I had no reason to believe him. I had no reason to trust that at all. I'm not. When when someone says something, I immediately slightly doubt them. If it's just like a personal interaction, if it's like, did you know, uh, just even even it could, it could be some random fact. Like, did you know, uh, this person did this this many years ago? Every time there's a part of my brain that's like, that's probably not true. Every time I don't, I have I have a hard time. I don't have a hard time trusting other people, but I don't. I don't go for other people's opinions or their beliefs immediately. I have to do my own, I have to do my own research first. I have to do my own stuff first. And so for for me it's it's the again, I didn't go through this insane amount of hardships to apply myself to this rule, but for me I'm just the exact opposite of what I was as a kid. Like I toughened up growing up in terms of my thoughts and opinions on things and gullibility included. But I, I don't. Again, I don't believe that's the majority of the case. I do believe this: that a, a lot of people go through that trauma and then believe that they're they just automatically believe that they're part of the problem. Well, yeah, but I mean, like I, I'm not a psychologist, but I think you're you just put yourself in. Even though you just said you weren't, you kind of just you just admitted that that you definitely are gullible. In what way? Well, you said okay, you said. I don't. I know. I, I didn't have a lot of trauma, but you know, my dad passed away, and that's one of the examples. But mm -hmm. of, you know, loved one passing away, and then you said, "But I don't think I. I, I apply. I, I'm tough." But they literally say people who have these conditions, they believe that they are tough, when in fact they are. They they let they less trust their judgment, their own judgment. No, it's just it's it's just going contrary to what the popular belief is. Just the kind of old stigma as. I went through this and so I toughened up so that I wouldn't have to, you know, go through it again. Mm -hmm. This isn't saying that people who believe they're tough are actually gullible. It's saying that the majority of people are in fact gullible and that trope isn't always 100% true. I just don't think that I fall into that majority of the gullible thing. Okay. Is see, all I'm saying. I, I see what you mean now. Okay. Because I, I was never, I was, I, I wasn't really ever tricked that much because I've just, I, I use my I I'm a very intuition I'm a very intuition based kind of person and part of that is just always believing myself more than someone else. Again, this isn't this this isn't applied to just having a normal conversation and having trust issues. Just in terms of if I think that someone is incorrect or that I think that I'm being tricked, I'll immediately just assume that I am correct in thinking they're incorrect more than just believing them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll just um, I it's, I guess I'm thinking about it from my perspective. I'm always wrong, so I can't. <laughs> I literally cannot trust myself. So I'm thinking if I had to do that, if I had to trust myself, I, I'm literally always wrong. So I don't know how I would do that. Right, and see that's and and that and that's the point I'm trying to make because I'm I'm not gonna say that I'm always right, but that is a line that I love to use all the time because the majority of the time it's true. So. I just immediately assume that I'm right about something if I think somebody else is wrong about something. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll of course, I'll willingly, say, I'll willingly admit that I'm wrong if I do find out that I'm wrong. But I, if someone tells me that I'm wrong without anything other than their words, I'm just not going to think that I'm wrong yet. 
which goes into the gullibility thing. Obviously, this is part of me just thinking that I'm right about things than more other people are the majority of the time. But that also kind of goes into the gullibility thing as well. Like, I'll just believe myself before I believe the person. So um, since you are kind of the, the, for lack of a better word, trickster type, I want to get your perspective. Why do okay. you why do you hate us? <laughs> why do you hate us gullible people? I don't hate gullible people. No one. I don't hate anybody. It's just it's fun. You know? And I wouldn't say that I've ever really tricked you in the most like and just taken advantage of gullibility in terms of making you believe something that's just false. I'll scare you every now and then. Yeah. But that's not gullibility though. That's right. Yeah. But like anxiety. Like, okay. Again, we're just going to go back to the tennis story because it's kind of the, it's kind of the best example right. for all of this. Sarah was kind of believing in this whole Whippoorwill Whippoorwill mm-hmm. situation, she right? Was so my brain again was not your brain that was I need to defend her because I was tricked before and I think nobody should be tricked. My brain was I was tricked and it was funny. Now I want to trick because it would also be funny. When she realizes she's been tricked, she will most likely also think it was funny and will have a laugh. And so I was like, you have her haunted snipes? Honey snipes is fun. You should go do that instead because they're probably out here too. It's fun. I think tricking people is fun one time. <laughs> I have been tricked so many times, Kyle. That Like the, the, those three, four stories, like – it's one thing, right? There are hundreds, hundreds of more <laughs> stories of me being tricked and taken advantage of that I just, I legitimately hate people like thinking they're smarter and like, like coming up with dumb little things and taking advantage of people like multi-level marketing or politicians mm. who like lie and like manipulate people. Like that to me is the worst thing you can do to another person. It is, it is horrible and i don't it's I don't, certainly horrible when it has actual re- physical ramifications absolutely but so so seeing someone like that it's just harmless it doesn't make any sense i immediately just get a red flag goes up in my head and i have to say something and i have to it it, it didn't even cross my mind that they were trying to trick her with the whip willow it didn't even cross my mind. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then, like, you brought up snipes, and I, bing, oh, I know those are fake. I, no, 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 he's lying. He's making fun of you. Well, I think what's fun is that I'm in, for however however long for in my own life, I've kind of been in a position where I'm just, I've, I've always been at least a, a decently smart person. Like, in a room, I will probably never be the person that is the least smart person in the room. So the majority of the time, if I feel like saying something, there are going to be a couple people who just are going to believe me. Right. And so if it happens to come up in conversation where at some point I can just kind of fib about something just to trick somebody into believing something super harmless, I'll do that because it's fun. And some people are gullible enough to believe that. Now, sometimes it backfires. Like if in a conversation I was like, I mean, you know, some spiders are born with 18 legs because the male spider will actually detach its own legs and give it to the baby spider because it is of no longer use because the male spider will die after uh, conceiving the child. And somebody at the table is going to be like, no way, I didn't know that. There's no reason for me to do that. It's legitimately the stupidest thing ever, but somebody's going to believe it and I get a kick out of it. 
And sometimes someone will be like, there's no way that's true and call me out on it. And you know what? Fair play. You're just like me. You're not going to believe something that's stupid <laughs> off a of win because somebody else said it with a little bit of confidence. Fair play. But it's just fun. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't very fun whenever I called you out on it, was it? You were like, Jacob, it's a joke. And like you, you got really mad. I only got upset because I didn't expect you to try and ruin the joke because weren't you also there when we went snipe hunting? Yes. Yeah. So I didn't expect. Was that fun, Kyle? Yes. <laughs> it was hilarious. At the end of it, I'd never laughed so hard in my life. I spent three hours diving at the ground for no reason, and I thought it was hysterical. So I honestly thought as I started that you were just going to kind of play along and just join in the joke because we had this commonality where we've been snipe hunting and we could have made someone to believe right. it. And then you were like, no, no, they're not real. He's tricking you. <laughs> that happened to you again one time. It has happened to me so many times. I feel like I've been on a billion snipe hunts and then I've just been railroaded. And I don't, I'm almost like a pity party, but it sucks. I don't like being tricked. I don't like being made a fool of. I've, I've, I, Kyle, I just been. I can think about all the bus rides to school where someone was telling me something stupid, and then I was like, "Really? They're real?" And I would believe them, and then they would get tricked later on. Or like, like, um, like the there was somebody on the bus one time who like said, "Dude, let me put my hand on your face," and I was like, "For what, for what, for what reason?" And he was like, "Let me do it," and he put his hand on the side of my face, and someone behind him, be on the bus, just. Mac my face into the window. <laughs> I was like, what was that for? Come on, that's hilarious. Kyle, <laughs> it is funny. When it happens to you one time, like that's the only time. But after being tricked so many times, it just gets so old. <laughs> I hate being tricked. I hate it. And I had such I again, it was not like I was like purposefully like your your joke sucks. I'm gonna ruin it. It was like involuntary almost. Like I was like, please I need to warn you, do not. I, I feel like I was, you know primal instinct kicked in it's and i felt bad afterwards of course because i didn't want to ruin the stupid joke but i don't know i also was getting more frustrated because at the time at that moment you were also super believing of this weeper of this weeping will thing <laughs> and the whole time i was just also trying to get across to you that that is also not real kind of an attempt to help you but also just kind of an attempt to realize that he is not correct here i am <laughs> realize it quick before i punch you <laughs> yeah i think all people are obviously at least a little bit gullible always because i think most to all people kind of operate with this i forget what it's called there's a term for it, it might even be in the article that you were reading before called like a positivity bias where you just kind of assume that people are genuine mm -hmm. from the start and there's no reason not to again this kind of doesn't with market multi-level marketing being around for so long kind of everyone is privy to the fact that it's all a scam but you'd be surprised i i would be surprised i truly would but the majority of the people that i associate myself with at least are at least privy to the fact that yeah, you go to a university, <laughs> a really, po really good university. It's hard to get into. It has a lot of a lot of smart people live here. There are people who I I thought were so intelligent, and they do multi level marketing now, and they have degrees. And I'm just like, so I mean, but like aside from something like that, most you know, most like I said, most all people kind of just assume that people are genuine from the start, which is another another thing. Like you, like you would have believed him about this. Uh, the 
I forget what this bird is called now. Weeper Will. Whipper Will, yeah. Because you really had no reason not to believe him. There were noises. And the, uh, <laughs> and the whole time I was like, they're coming from him. <laughs> but you really had no reason not to believe him. But again, that just that goes to him and I being, I guess, somewhat similar in that it's just fun to trick people. And at the end of it, hopefully they get a laugh out of it. Maybe they're a person that just really, truly doesn't like being tricked and they get really mad at the end of it. That would kind of suck. But also, it was just a little bit of fun. So am I at fault for tricking you or are you at fault for overreacting? That's a whole other question. I think we're kind of both at fault. But like, like obviously, if I'm stupid enough to believe it with her, well, I'm, I'm at fault. But I think equally, you insisting that snipes are, you know, real, trying to just, you, you can't let one guy trick you. So you're like, oh, I got to trick you. I got to give us our snipes. Like, you, you couldn't let him have the, the spotlight for Whip Will and just, like, gone along with it. And, like, yeah, I hear Whip Wills have purple feathers. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just thought of a question. Okay. That I'm not sure if I want to ask. Okay. Because the implications are kind of scary. I just need to look at the article real quick. All right. Well, honest. Now you're terrifying me with this question. Unless it's not a real question, you can't trick me. Is there a question or not? <laughs> Is there a question or not, Jacob? You know what? I'm not scared. I changed my mind. I'm normal. Um, is religion an MLM? No. There, there is, there is a joke that we like to make because, especially at the BCM, we're big on discipleship and you know I, if you don't know what discipleship is just kind of having a one-on-one -on -one and helping each other trying to grow in uh, your spirituality but kind of we we kind of talk about kind of because again for christianity we want to you know spread christianity to all the world and a good way to do that is for you know someone to have a one-on-one -on -one with somebody and that person also has a one-on-one -on -one with somebody. And then if you kind of draw that, draw that diagram, you can make it look like a pyramid. So we always like to joke that discipleship is a pyramid scheme. Just because it's funny to think about it that way. It's, there are no, but it's, it's obviously kind of bad to frame it in that way because pyramid scheme obviously has a negative connotation that is with it now and that it's negatively affecting people's lives and their financial situations and what have you. So it's not the correct, um, correlation if not only for the connotation but um no i'm not, again i'm like no religion is not mlm but uh it's just it, we, we do like to uh poke fun at ourselves and make that joke well this is why i say that because a lot of people who are critical of religion they often draw the distinction between cults and religion and modern religions nowadays right they say cult plus time equals religion that's basically the idea Right. And cults often use the same kind of strategies as MLMs. They reach people at a crossroads in their life, people who've had trauma like they've had before. They use phrases that are, you know, akin to, you know, um, what we were just talking about, the Barnum, the Barnum phrases, right? Phrases that seem like super specific, but they're incredibly general. You know, like people all the time will go and read the Bible and be like, that's speaking to me. But obviously that's not true because it's speaking to a billion other people, too. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. I feel like it could be it could be easily just as it can be just you can be just as critical as of uh you know a weird Korean you know religion that it enslaves people for you know whatever to and to serve a you know a cult leader as you can you can you can you can apply this framework to any religion and you'd be like yeah this is an MLM I mean you can you can apply the framework to any anything and call it an MLM 
Like you could apply it to a family dynamic and call it an MLM. Like my father was a farmer and his farmer was a farmer. So you're going to be a farmer. And then you, that's all, that's all you instill is your kids and your kids and your kids are going to be farmers because you were a farmer. Like, I feel like that's completely different. I don't think so. How, why is it different? Well, no, why, why, why did you bring up, uh, like family lineage? It's, like, it's, it's cause I'm, I'm saying that you can apply the same dynamic to anything and draw the correlation, but I don't believe that in any of the cases that you can, you can draw them correctly to the same and then call it akin to MLM. You can, you, you can, you can put the framework around anything and be like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. But none of them are the same as MLM. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Great. Hmm. I don't think you just made sense there. Say it again. I, I Maybe I missed something. The point I'm making is you can put the framework around anything. The framework of MLM around anything. And make it seem like that they are somewhat the same or somewhat correlated. Or exactly the same. Right. And okay. and none of the cases will they be. Why? They're, it's not exactly, they're not exactly the same in any case. Again, MLM, you have the the negative ramifications that always come from it. That doesn't exist in these other places that you're going to put it. Right. Again, whatever religion you're going to throw it around, if you're if you want to talk about religion, do people go broke in the Christian church because they give too much, Kyle? No. Yes, they do. There are people who specifically target people like that. They're called prosperity preachers. That's exactly what they do. Right, and 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 this and this is the point I want to make here, especially now that you've brought up religion. These the prosperity preachers and the people that operate in what I believe are unbiblical ways to operate i don't even put that in so in in because that is outside of religion in my that's outside of religion in my eyes because they're operating in unbiblical ways that they're they're operating literally as an mlm with a christian title on it and that's outside of religion to me because they're operating completely in unbiblical so ways people aren't christians these people that that are specifically targeting people to take their money so and then about, slap a Christian label on it? No, I don't believe so. So what about those people? Are they Christians? The people, the people are yes. They were just the gullible. They're, 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 they were the gullible. They were gullible Christians. I believe that a lot of those cases, they were Christians that act that unfortunately were gullible and got roped in to an MLM that slapped a Christian label on it, which I think is which the organization itself is outside of the religion that you're trying to put this framework around because they are just straight up multi level marketing. So where is the line drawn? Like, because obviously, it, and Islam, I don't, I'm not sure how Islam works with tithing. I'm not sure if they actually take tithing. Um, I, I, I just don't want to leave them out of this. But most religions require some kind of payment to, you know, to be considered a Christian, right? So tithes are em emphasized. So where is the line drawn, right? So they're taking your, they're taking your money, and you know, in, in exchange, for, and not in exchange for, but you know. You can argue that it's in exchange for being a part of this community. A, they're not taking your money. What I, I believe in, I, I believe that in a space that is operating in a, in a biblical manner, you are not required to tithe to either call yourself a Christian or remain a part of that church. Is what I, is, so there, you are willingly giving some of your money to the church. At right. no point is money being taken from you. The same thing with MLM. That's why they're legal. Right. And my point is, 
in the spaces where I believe it's operating in a biblical manner, you can't put the MLM frame around it and call it the same because of the negative connotations that come from MLMs. These people that are the prosperity preachers and that I believe are operating out of a biblical frame and incorrectly, that you can slap the MLM frame around because that's all they are with the Christian label slapped onto it because they just want to make money. They don't want to bring people into the church or bring people to Christ or bring people to the nations. They just want the people's money, and that is completely different. Right, but I was like I said, like I didn't answer my question. Where's the line drawn? Is like a normal normal church that takes in money and tithes, right? They take it. They, and I say take. They're not putting a gun to your head and say give me tithes, but they're they're suggesting to people that, that that in order for the church to run, in order for this organization to be here, God needs your money. Mm-hmm. So it's the same way with an MLM. In order to do this, you need to pay this much money to be in, and you can make a million dollars. You know, you can go to heaven. You can have eternal life. If you know, or you can get someone else saved with this money. You see what I mean? The line is drawn at what the people actually do with the money. Okay, yeah. So that, that's what I'm saying. So, we're, so what is it like? If, the if, prosperity. If if, if if it's a good church, but do they if they make twenty billion dollars, is that okay? Or if it's you know, you know what I mean? That that that's where things get dicey for me. That's why I'm saying, yeah, probably. In most cases, yeah. It, I don't know. I don't know about a lot of religions. I I just am really familiar with Christianity, but if if they're taking your money, it probably is c- akin to an MLM. Yeah, no, I fully disagree. Um, I don't know. Either way, I think it's an interesting conversation to have because you know people do give a lot of money to to the church. It's a big business. Um, so yeah, I just, I just thought there's a little, another, uh, good question. Why don't we end with another hypothetical question? Okay. Um, if you could put wings on any species of animal, what what animal would you choose? Monkeys. Monkeys. That's kind of already been done though. Like with the flying monkeys from the wizard of Oz. Yeah. I just want to do it for real. I want to make monkeys fly for real. Would we be accounted in that? Like, would we have wings as well? No. <laughs> no. We don't get wings. Monkeys get wings. Okay. I say... I assume we're not allowed to put ourselves in this, because that's obviously the correct answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess I guess probably we probably shouldn't do ourselves. Yeah, I'm just assuming we're taking humans out of the equation. So, I'm saying manatees, because I think it'd be so cool to see a, a sea cow fly. Do you think they even could? It, Are we it, just assuming we're giving them wings that allow them to fly as well? Yeah, because then you run into a lot of issues. Because like the logis- l- 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 the logistics of flying is a lot, but I think these wings could also be magical in a sense. Okay. Also, would the extra lives thing apply to animals? <laughs> like if a, if, a, if a howler monkey just like fell from a tree and just happened to land in the river, spread eagle, <laughs> or if like. You know, a pig, a, a truffle pig, like accidentally ate like a Carolina. Well, I mean, river. that was another question I was going to have is how the extra life life is allocated. Because assuming in your case, a genie is the one that came and gave us the extra lives. Yeah. Is it kind of just like this om, omnipotent genie that just knows when a human is belly flopped and it's just kind of like life over there and it's just kind of like giving it. And yeah. so then it would know if an animal accidentally did it. It was just like, ah, oh, that was just an animal. No life for him. In this in this assumption, I, I'm going to assume that the genie also loves truffle pigs and <laughs> okay. monkey, and howler monkeys, so he probably give him an extra life turn there. I mean, why not? What's it? What's a harm it going to do? 
Well, What's I mean, the harm it gonna do? Well, the harm it gonna do is like <laughs> I'm gonna go on the safari animal kingdom and bring a Carolina Reaper with me and then throw it at the lions just so they can have extra lives. So there's no harm, no foul. Now, if you were hunting animals and giving them extra lives, that'd be kind of dumb. It just like for the sport. <laughs> like, well, people, I you know, I guarantee you, people would would do that, and for that reason, I'm changing my answer. Absolutely <laughs> not, because I know people would like they would literally bring peppers out. And they would give peppers to like lions and stuff like that, and then hunt them for sport and give them extra lives so they can do it again. They would hunt that it, and then is, it would just kind of stand up and run, and then they would do it again. That is sickening to me. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now, now there's no question. No, no. Yeah, animals, animals don't are, get extra lives. Out. No, yeah. because humans are dumb. Uh, and also, if you're a hunter and you use your extra life for hunting, you don't count either. <laughs> you're like hunt, if you're doing big game hunting, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, go on a dangerous hunt for this animal that does, I don't need it for me. I just want to take a picture with it. The genie sees that and he doesn't want to. Another question. Answer. So, with these extra lives, how long is it before you awake and have your extra life? How long? is it immediate? Um, because what if like I'm big game hunting, right? panther pounces on me bites my neck i'm dead and then it starts to eat my dead corpse and immediately as it's eating me i become fully healthy and wake up right there and it just kills me again Mm. is there a time period do i teleport to some like genie filled hospital where i awake with my new life um i feel like there's got to be somebody who meets you afterwards and be like hey you know, yours is your extra life, all right? I'm going to give you – let's say he gives you six seconds of immunity, right? So you wait, you, you, you wake up. You meet the At genie. the spot of the foul, you wake up. <laughs> well, no, no, no. You wake, up, you wake up, first of all, and you're in like a big room, and there's a genie there. He's like, hey, this is how you died. You okay? And he's like, yeah. He said, okay, you have six seconds of immunity. And like the doctor who's coming – or the, the police officer who's coming up on the scene would just see you pop up and be like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, this extra life. I forgot, you know. So <laughs> – he would see you pop up again, and then you'd have six seconds of just pure immunity. Because in case you're being hunted by something, right? This, in that case, that would be, you know, yeah. So then, dude, the belly flop thing is so genius. I can't believe we came up with that. <laughs> that is such a genius concept. I, or, I, I think I have to disagree just with the the end of life thing. I think you should physically like be teleported and wake up in this actual genie filled hospital room, and that's where your new life starts. Because like. If I wake up back where the panther was with six seconds of immunity, that's not gonna be enough. I'm just gonna die again. Right. I mean, if you're in a, if you're if you're being hunted by a panther, you probably deserve it. So I think that's just the rule. Like what? In what other instance? I mean, unless you're like in a gunfight. I mean, I still didn't think you would deserve it. Like maybe you're not even big game hunting. Like maybe you were just kind of hunting, like as a normal person, and then a panther happened to attack you. That would kind of suck. And then you just die because you were hunting normal stuff normally. Hmm. I think you should be teleported to a genie-filled room okay. physically, right. and that's where the new life starts. So how, what happens there? Like, like where do you go from there? For, there again, it's all magic. So you, right. you go there, and you wake up, and you're like, oh, my new life starts. And you teleport, and there, there's some genie in there that's like, do you want, like, where do you want to go to right now? Like, we'll take you from here to one spot, and then, you know, just kind of keep going. Like, you know, take me home. I'm going to go home, reset myself, you know? Gotcha. Maybe at some I don't point, have a with that. maybe at some point, I go back out of those woods on my own terms to try and get the equipment that I left there after I died, if I feel like it. But you know, if I don't, whatever. 
You know, I lost. We're making excuses for good hunting. I lost some equipment. <laughs> I'm saying in any case, like I, just, I die in I die in shark infested waters. Like I was swimming and I got bitten by a shark. Or you get, or you get like cement shoes and you get drowned in the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. Like you respawn in the bottom of the ocean. You have to swim up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I'll give it to you. That, that's a that's a good that's a good uh, plan. When are we gonna hire a genie to do this? I don't. Do you have one on call? Uh, no, but I can get one. <laughs> Dude, that'd be so, that'd be amazing. If we just had extra lives, and we're limiting ourselves to three, right? Three, three belly flops or three peppers. I kind of want to think about what specific things I would do while having these lives. Next episode, we'll talk about it. Talk about what we would do with extra lives. Yes. Um, what things we maybe we're a little scared to do now, but if we had extra lives, we would just kind of go for it, you know? Yeah, let's do it. Um. I also have another episode idea that I'll talk to you about in a little bit. Um, but with that, I think we're going to probably call this one uh, a, a podcast. Um, you can go ahead and slam your gavel again. Episode 22. We got to the episode of us, the age of us. That's true. It's two 22-year-olds given the 22nd episode. And we didn't drink last episode because I, I guess not. I just we forgot. No, we got, I mean, I, was, I wouldn't have anyway, but we just forgot to even mention that we're legal now. <laughs> We're illegal adults. <laughs> so, so, you know, hit us up if you want to go to the podcast club and drink it up. We're allowed to now. That's what we can do. Okay. We can right. we can go physically as well, but <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say we can literally <laughs> The go. podcast can go now too. It gets to tag along. We'll bring our mics. <laughs> That's what happens. You get the twenty first episode and anytime we're invited anywhere, we have to bring our equipment. Exactly. All right guys. We'll talk at you next week. Have a good one.